it is a very personal thing to me. So, yeah, I love seeing people enjoying the magazine and I love the emails that I get and comments from people saying about how much it helps them with their anxiety or any struggles that they have, saying that it's helped them. Now, that's something that I've never had in my career in publishing before, you know, working on the other magazines. I've had obviously people get enjoyment from it, but to really feel like you're making a difference to somebody is really something special. And I get quite emotional about it. <laughs> In this episode, you'll meet Jenny Cook, the creative mind behind the Coloring Heaven and Coloring Heaven Collection magazines, and learn how they work with the magazines behind the scene. Jenny is 45 years old, creative director at Anthem Publisher in Bath, and she lives in Bristol, just outside Bath in the southwest of England. She lives together with her second half and their two children, a 10-year-old son and a 6-year-old daughter, who both likes to color in the magazines together with Jenny. Because Jenny is not only a publisher, she's also a great colorist, and her favorite pencils are polychromos. Welcome to my podcast about adult coloring and creativity. I'm Isabel Westermark, aka Passionista Colorista, and I'm the host. And welcome to Jenny Cook. Growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something creative with my life. And um, because of that, I had a bit of a battle at senior school, being allowed to take two creative subjects. So I had to get my mum and dad to come into school and allow me to take art and technical drawing which they they want no you must take two sciences but I knew that I wanted to be creative and do something creative so they did allow me to do that which then led allowed me to go straight to college from school so I didn't do A levels and got on the course there and gosh that was some time ago now I graduated in 94 after doing a four-year course in graphic design i got job offers and interviews from my degree show and got a job at a company called Future Publishing which is also a magazine publishers based in Bath and that was working on creative titles doing cross-stitch magazines and needlecraft magazines doing the design for the magazines. I was there for a couple of years then I got my dream job which I'd worked all the way through college for at um, a design consultant's and worked there for two years, but got pulled back into publishing because I just love the community feel, the camaraderie with your colleagues, the working to team, working with teams, working to deadlines. I, I just love the whole magazine process. And I love that you learn different things in magazines, depending on what magazine you're working on. So I've worked in my career. I've worked on things like I say, cross stitch and needle craft. I worked on a magazine called What DVD. So that was in the film and I love film, too. So that was great. I've worked on a motocross magazine, believe it or not, and been motocross riding, sailing magazines, all sorts of things. And so when the opportunity came up to launch a colouring magazine, being that appealed to my craft and art elements, I jumped on that and I've owned this project from launch in 2016. So it was the publisher that came up with the idea? We're quite a small publisher and we're able to react quite quickly to emerging trends so at the time the adult coloring thing started to become quite popular and like I said being that that's something that has always appealed to me I was able to discuss that with my CEO and we decided to try launching a magazine which was Coloring Heaven 
looks a little bit different now to what it did then because we've tried to adapt and move with the times and bring a more distinct proposition to the market. When we first launched in 2016, we used more stock images and had different themes within the magazine. There were six themes and six designs of different things. And then when we relaunched in 2018, it's actually 2017, I think, not that that matters, but that was when we went following the, the themes of fantasy illustration, which is very popular, and choosing one featured artist for an issue and really showcasing their work and bringing that artist to them for the month. And that's proved really successful. And we've been following that route ever since, bringing as many artists from around the world as we can contact with and who want to work with us. What made you do that change? I think being that I was involved in the colouring world and the colouring community, I could see that there was a lack of content for that and people seemed to be really liking that kind of thing and there just wasn't anything like that available on the newsstand. There's obviously artists doing it, releasing their work through Etsy or print-on-demand Amazon and a few colouring books as well. But that's something that I really thought would work well, bringing that to the newsstand and make it more accessible to people. Um, being that we're a magazine, obviously we've got access to different retailers. You know, we're in supermarkets and things like that where books don't normally appear. So it's appealing for artists to be featured in the magazine because they get access to a slightly different audience. In which countries do the magazine exist? We're mainly published in the UK, but we also appear in shops worldwide. In America, we have in all Barnes and Noble stores. I know they have been closed. Everything's gone a little bit out the window with the virus, with stores closing and things like that. So we do have an online shop for people to still be able to access the magazine. But in normal circumstances, pre-virus and hopefully post-virus, we'll be back in stores all around the world. We've got a large number of followers in as well as the UK in Canada and Australia in particular and also obviously the US and Europe. The magazine I think from start had single pages and the same paper. How did you choose that? So being a, a magazine we print with paper that comes on huge rolls and fits in the huge printers that go through with a web offset printing. So we researched the kind of paper that's available for that. And I got some samples sent through and did some tests with coloured pencils and with markers to make sure that we've got a decent opacity to the paper and as little bleed through as possible. Obviously weighing that up with what we've got available and to keep it all in budget. So I'm really happy with the paper that we have. We did change for a short period with something that was of comparable quality because the paper industry does have fluctuations in costs and availability so we've been really lucky that we've been able to keep it to just those few papers and whack on paper that we originally launched with. But other colouring magazines at least the ones I have seen here in Sweden they have often they have pictures on every side was it obvious for you to do single side? Yes again I, I wanted this to be as good a quality product as possible and for me colouring single-sided means that you have got the quality of being able to colour on every single design that you have in the book. Like everything you need to put some paper or a couple of sheets of card between so that you don't get rub off onto the design behind but every design is colourable in the magazine and also the cover which was a unique selling point for us. 
Did you color before you started this magazine or did you start it to color after? I did colored pencil work when I was at college and I have always loved really fine detail. Had I pursued that, I was going to join, I've been asked to join the Society of Miniaturists. I can't remember the name, that something like that anyway. Really fine quality and small um, detail illustrations. And from there, I did do things like pet portraits and things like that. But then, and I kind of worked that along as a thing for enjoyment alongside my college and my early career. But it kind of fell by the wayside as my job got more and more detailed and intense. So again, when started doing the colouring magazine, I took it up again. And I've really enjoyed doing it, I must say. <laughs> but the difference before you did uh, your own drawings yes. and now it's colouring books. Do you, is there any difference in the feeling for you? Obviously, when you've created something from scratch, you get a real sense of accomplishment. But then I still get that from colouring. So I don't know. I've got more staying power as the years have gone by. And with colouring, I've really made an effort. I'm a serial non-finisher. All my work at college, I'd start it off and then leave it a bit sketchy. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be like that. <laughs> That's the style. But it was just because I was lazy. <laughs> but with colouring, I've really made an effort to stick with the pieces and finish them. And I've, um, I have managed to do that with the things that I've started. I've just started, actually, my latest piece is um, we've just put on sale an A1 size colouring poster of the British Isles. So it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. So I'm in the middle of that. But that is my promise to myself. I will finish doing that because I'm really loving doing it because it's the shape of the British Isles made up of creatures, flora and fauna that are native to the areas. So I'm really enjoying the education of it as well. And because it, you can colour just like a few creatures at a time, I'm still finding it relaxing and I don't find it too daunting because I can just focus on those smaller elements and keep going. When do you colour? Not as often as I'd like, I will admit to. Being that work is very intense and I've got the two children, if I do, it's often of a weekend evening when the children have gone to bed or I quite often get the colour, the children to colour along with me. So they, I've obviously got copies of the magazine here and they're both quite keen colourists themselves. So that's really nice. I really enjoy that time colouring with my children. You have said some things you are doing at work, but how is the process with an issue? I'm constantly trying to keep up with new and emerging artists. I have a list as long as my arm of potential artists for the magazine whose work I think will appeal to our, our audience with the, the fantasy side and then also with Colouring Heaven Collection. Um, we've got more realistic content in that like cats and dogs and we're starting to work with more licensed characters so I just see you've got the Sarah Kay issue there and we've had the Ardman issue so just going with my instinct of what I feel that people will be interested in doing then using those finding contacts with either the artist or the publisher or the brand a lot of my work is email based and I'm in constant contact with people commissioning the issue selecting the images it depends there's different ways of working sometimes I will approach an artist and they already have existing work that I think will be perfect for it and then sometimes I ask if they'll do some exclusives for the issue some artists will create all exclusive work for the issue which is fantastic 
and other times I'm for example with the Ardman issue that I've had recently I don't know if you've seen that one yeah I saw the cover at least yeah so that was working with Ardman using their film stills the production stills then I have an artist who creates line art from those film stills and that goes through an approval process I love being in contact with all these people and even though I'm not doing the creative side myself it still feels creative for me so Because you have some uh, illustrators that are quite famous in the community who also are releasing coloring books themselves or selling pages on Etsy and so on. But then you, as you say, that is not from a coloring book, the Ardman. And the same with this Sarah Kay issue. It's not a coloring book. No. In the case of Sarah Kay, that was taking her original illustrations and they had some line art available and I overlaid the two to create the effects that we've got on some of the pages and then adding some of the quotes in that come with the so that was putting the things together to create that issue which again was fun to do but how do you come up with those ideas when it's not already existing coloring books or illustrators I guess that's my job that's what I do as a creative person that's you know although putting together the magazine is pulling things from different places so like I say I'm not doing the creative work myself but the fact that I am a creative person means that I can see the potential in certain things and then putting the different artwork overlaying the different artwork or commissioning different things and putting the issue together in a way that feels creative. But the Ardman idea, how did you come up with that idea? Last year I went to a show, a big licensing show, brand licensing show in, in London. They also have it in Europe. And that was just to get a feel of the kind of licensing opportunities there were. And I managed to get an, an appointment with Ardman and spoke to them about the opportunity of creating a colouring magazine for them. And that just went from there, really. There's obviously lots of approval processes with a brand like Ardman, but they were great to work with and they, they love what we've put together for them. And they're really keen to work with us again. So I'm actually in the process of putting together an issue on Shaun the Sheep specifically. And um, and also we've got a Wallace and Gromit issue coming up next year that is in the pipeline, too. So I work quite far in advance with these things, especially with the licensed branded characters because they have lots long approval process and also we have to create the artwork so that tends to be to a year in advance for things like that and this sarah k issue that i recently bought because it was so super cute so cute isn't it i got a real love for that that's pure nostalgia for me because i am the age i am and like you said you're of a similar age so For us, that's a real nostalgia trip. And um, yeah, when I saw those, I thought they were so cute. And like I say, marrying the line art with the grayscale to get a little hint of flavour around the line art, working with their licensing agency to get that deal through. And um, yeah, again, really pleased with the result for that one. And they're, they're loving it as well. So, But how did this idea started, the Sarah Kay? Um, again, just looking at things that... I feel would appeal that appeal to me and that I felt would appeal to a large number of people our audience tends to be I mean it's really varied in age you've got people buying it and their children color it right up to you know an older audience in their 70s or, or older and with coloring heaven we've got the fantasy theme so that narrows it slightly but with coloring heaven collection it's a lot more open and like i say the branded characters are something that is new for this year because up until this year we were just 
publishing quarterly with that one and doing the perennial really popular subject of cats and dogs Christmas that kind of thing but this year I wanted to try something new and we've gone to a monthly publishing schedule for that one and I'm at the moment I'm kind of alternating branded licensed characters and the more generic things like cats and dogs and costume the non-fantasy stuff basically so it's really just coming from me and what I think I'm constantly immersed in the colouring industry and the colouring community with a member of lots and lots of colouring groups within Facebook and try to keep up with what I think people would like so it's just selecting things that I think would appeal to to people really. Because one question was how close you are to the community and it feels like you are quite close. Well we have our Facebook page which we've got 20,000 followers to now which have grown from scratch so that feels like a woohoo <laughs> for me and I like to think that obviously we're I'm creating and collating the artwork and we're putting out different things all the time so it's not like people can see an artist and have a relationship with them but I hope that the people that buy the magazine do see me as a person rather than colouring heaven or business because it is me. I've recently had, as the brand has grown, I've got an assistant working with me now, Honey, and we've also got our Friends of Colouring Heaven Facebook group, which Amanda looks after for me and admins, and I, you know, I'm part of that, so I do speak to the people on a regular basis, and even if I don't speak to the people I'm constantly looking through and seeing people's comments both within our channels and also like I say external colouring groups and just to get a feel for for what people are into. Are people emailing you or texting you and saying what they wish for? Yes I semi-regularly post asking for people's what they're doing. We also have something called Work in Progress Wednesday on our Facebook page and although we like to keep people's work to purely colouring heaven elsewhere work in progress Wednesday they can show us everything they're doing other brands and other artists and stuff like that so again that keeps me in touch with what people are wanting to do at the moment. Do you colour in just uh, magazines or do you have other colouring books as well? Being that I don't have much time I tend to limit it to our magazines to be honest. They have so many if you have them all. Exactly yeah. (laughs) And uh, because I get everything I like from Colouring Heaven, because <laughs> it's my taste as well, and we have so many varied artists, I don't really need to go elsewhere. But how do you choose what to colour? I think every new issue is my new favourite, because I pick things that I like, that I'd like to colour. I obviously have my favourites, but I also like to push myself to do something that's not necessarily what I'd choose as well. Like I said, I mentioned the A1 colouring poster. That would frighten the life out of me usually. But I wanted to do it to show people what it looks like coloured. So that kind of pushes me a little bit. And again, the Ardman issue that we've talked about, I wouldn't necessarily choose to do that myself. The one that I've really enjoyed doing most lately is um, the Kanoko Agusa issue of Animal Wonderland. I love florals and animals and that kind of thing. I'm learning all the time with colouring and We have a lot of figure issues, so issues with faces and figures and stuff like that. And that's something that I'm constantly learning with because that's a real skill to get effective and realistic skin colouring figure work. Um, So my comfort zone is flowers and the other sort. 
But like I say, I like to push myself out of my comfort zone and, and things like I slip in some grayscale colouring here and there. And I know it frightens some people. And we recently had gothic alchemy issue, which I know frightened the life out of some people. <laughs> but I was really, really pleased to see the feedback that we've got, especially from subscribers saying, I really wouldn't have bought this because grayscale, ah, I don't know what to do with it. So we tried to post lots of tutorials on how to colour grayscale on our Facebook page. And I coloured some as well and posted them. I literally gave myself 15 minutes to do one. That's the, the beauty of grayscale. It can be so quick to get something really effective. So I hope I've made some converts with that issue. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea and it's not something that we'll be doing on a regular basis, but having some grayscale elements to it as well. I think it's all about variety. And that's the thing with Colouring Heaven, because although it's got the fantasy themes, that's still really broad and varied. And the difference between, say, someone like Kanoko Agusa, who we feature, to Hannah Lynn, Micah, Jelena, all the more, not cartoony, but real characterful figures, I know you can't appeal to everybody with every issue, but I like to think that we've got something for everybody at some point. So try to keep it as varied as possible. When I have interviewed illustrators, I always ask how they feel when they see their pictures colored in and posted on Instagram or Facebook. But how is it for you as publisher? What is your feelings when you see colorings from the issues? Like I said, we've got the Friends of Coloring Heaven group which is purely for people to upload their work and get support and help there. And I love looking through our galleries. It's so interesting to see the variety of the way people colour the designs. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Like I say, I, I'm not the artist of the issue, but I feel like every issue is my baby. <laughs> I still feel very as if I have created it. You know, it's still something that in a lot of cases has come from my creativity as well. I've had a creative input with it and... Although I've not created the art, it's my choice of what I think people would like. So it is a very personal thing to me. So, yeah, I love seeing people enjoying the magazine. And I love the emails that I get and comments from people saying about how much it helps them with their anxiety or any struggles that they have, saying that it's helped them. Now, that's something that I've never had in my career in publishing before you know working on the other magazines I've had obviously people get enjoyment from it but to really feel like you're making a difference to somebody is really something special and I get quite emotional about it <laughs> yeah it's something special with the coloring hobby and this coloring community I think yeah really something special what have been the most popular issue so far well uh, the fairies issue that we've just had has been the most popular in the last five years so that's a really big deal and you know obviously with the lockdown in the UK people are turning to things that help them relax and to fill their time and to help with anxiety and and all those things so it has seen a little bit of a boom in the last few months and I did want to choose an issue that had really broad appeal so fairies especially the beautiful ones that are in that issue does have a really broad appeal to the age ranges and the tastes, I think. So, yeah, I was really pleased with that one. I love that issue. I was going to ask, you said now that the due to COVID and the lockdowns that the interests have uh, increased. But since you started, have the interests decreased, increased, been the same? Obviously, we had the big boom back in end of 2015, early 16, and that's when it all 
really kicked off with Joanna Basford being a kind of ambassador for that and setting that in motion. And we did see a bit of a fall off in beginning of 2017, which is why we refocused and relaunched the magazine in its current format. And since then, it's been steadily growing for us, really. We've been honing our distribution and trying to get that increased and increased in the areas where we're seeing popularity. So there's a lot of business decisions that go on in the background that help bring the magazine to people. And I think supply and demand is a is one element, but it's also when it's there, people see it because we're available in supermarkets. It's often a an opportunistic purchase for people. So, you know, they've done their shopping and, oh, I just fancy that. They'll chuck that in as well, as well as the people who avidly follow colouring and are real hardcore colourists and do it for, as a passion. I mean, everyone said that colouring is dying and things like that, but we've managed to keep it as an interest. We got into all the Barnes and Noble stores in the US. When there was the big boom, there lots of magazines sprung up for colouring and we were first on the shelves in the news agents and we're now one of only a couple that are left. There are lots that sprung up and then they fell away when the interest declined. But we've got some really loyal special readers, special colourists rather, and um yeah, that's kept, that's kept us going and allowed us to carry on bringing them the kind of things that they like. So, And you did an event? Yes, we did. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. So Colouring Heaven Masterclass we held last October, November. It was obviously something new for us and, and new for the colouring community. There's not really been anything like that that I'm aware of, certainly not in the UK. So obviously we're in touch with Jasmine Beckett-Griffith, who is a phenomenal artist and very, very popular and a big name in the, the colouring community. And I first met her at a fairy fair in Glastonbury a couple of years before and went to meet her there. And we've been chatting since and knowing that I wanted to put an event on, I wanted to it to be a really special thing and being that Jasmine comes to the UK she actually has a studio in London so does spend time over here so I thought it would be great to tie it up with some time that she's spending over here and she very kindly agreed to come and take part on our masterclass she supplied a design so we had a design created from one of her paintings that was especially for the masterclass she did a Q&A with us at the beginning and she had her little store there so people come and get things signed from her and then we had a local artist uh, who came colouring tutorial which Jasmine actually sat in on and did some colouring with us which I thought was brilliant so Joe took us through colouring skin and the basics of blending and layering and light sources and I think everyone really enjoyed it and the one comment that we had and that I felt myself was that it ended up being a bit squashed everyone wanted to spend a bit more time doing it and a, a chat beforehand Colour with Claire came all the way down from the north of England and some other bloggers, Sammy and people like that. And they actually did a little group meetup near the station before they came along to the show. And I had such a great time and I think everybody else did as well. It was a lovely day and something that we'd like to be able to do again. But obviously then the virus has hit and um, events are all a complete. They're not viable at the moment, so... We're looking at potentially doing something online or, you know, when the, the lockdown restrictions have eased, then something that we may do again in future, because um, I think it was really enjoyed by everybody. 
I was so jealous. I think I have to start to save up money so I can come to next masterclass, next meetup. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, like I say, hopefully we'll have something again uh, that we may do in uh, in London or something to um, other people to be able to to come. But I was really pleased that lots of people came from all over the country to Little Bath. I mean, Bath is a beautiful spot anyway. It's a World Heritage City, so. It was nice for people to be able to come and appreciate the city as well. And we were in an amazing building. Just coming and looking around there was something in itself. So marrying all those things and Jasmine and the, the tutorial, it was just a great day. And you have this new Discovery Club. What is that? We do, yes. So as I said, when I'm researching for artists to appear in the magazine, I have ended up with literally list as long as my arm of great artists there's so many fantastic artists around and I wanted to come up with a way that we could bring more artists to people because obviously I'm restricted to 12 art uh, well 13 artists a year for Colouring Heaven and I mean now we've opened it up with Colouring Heaven collections so we can bring more artists there as well but by introducing a new one every week with the Discovery Club I thought it was a great way for people to discover more artists and to help the colouring community by putting those links in place so artists could get their work seen and just marrying the two together. And uh, what do we have to look forward to when it comes to new issues? Yeah, that's something I really struggle with. I must say I get so excited when I'm arranging an issue to then keep a lid on it for, for what can be months and months in advance, which is how the sneak peeks came about, actually on our Facebook page and subscribers get an early sneak peek and they get one two weeks before the issue goes on sale and then we post the sneak peek on Facebook a week before but like I say I'm working months in advance so I find it really hard not to go ah I'm really excited I'm doing this I'm doing this <laughs> there's so many things coming up that I obviously can't talk about but there's more great things from more great artists and hopefully just more of the stuff that people love coming up so that's as much as I can say really why is fantasy so popular i don't know i mean obviously there's other popular things as well and that's just something that we've focused on i know that relaxing color you know coloring for pure relaxing elements like uh, mandalas and more that kind of thing is very very popular too there is another magazine out there who caters for that but we wanted obviously to have a unique element to the magazine and there is a great love for the fantasy elements um, within the colouring industry so I don't know I guess it's part of that escapism thing that people want to colour to relax and to get away from the everyday life and that kind of furthers that by taking them into the fantasy world. You said you loved your polychromos. Was what is it about them that you love so much? I, I'll be honest. I haven't got any Prismas, which are another art level coloring pencil. But when I was choosing what I wanted from a pencil, um, I did lots of research first of all, and the the oil based element appealed to me. And I just love. They feel so creamy and they layer fantastically. You can put so many layers on with them. I go for a more intense look to my colouring that's just how I like to colour to really get a, an intense colour out of it 
and polychromos just really suit that. But then you are you are a person who loves to layer then. Yes, definitely, yeah. We've just recently launched a website, colouringheaven.com, and um, there's a section called How to Colour. So on there, I wrote the section on layering and blending and, and that kind of thing. And you'll see from there, I really like to work my colours up to... Obviously, the example I used there was a large solid area with a highlight. So that was a good opportunity to show that. Can you describe the feeling you yourself get when you are sitting in colour, even if it's not so often, but when you do it, how do you feel? It depends what I'm colouring. Um, but obviously, having a busy life, as most people do, colouring, its you're in the moment. You're there, you're doing something. So it is very relaxing. There's, you know, there's no getting away from it. I think that's why most people do it. And then whilst you're doing that, you get the relax you can focus on something people live such busy lives there's so much multitasking that people have to do and thinking of this and that just to be able to think about the one thing of coloring it feels like a luxury it feels like something i don't get from anywhere else in my life so it's really important to have something that gives you that i think in in your life and um for people that have coloring they'll they'll know exactly what i mean by saying that and then afterwards You get the opportunity to feel proud of something at the end of it. You've got something to show for that time as well, which is really fulfilling. And you get a sense of achievement. And then because the colouring community for Colouring Heaven is so amazing, you post your work and you get lots of people giving you wonderful comments and, you know, spurring you on and giving you motivation. And the whole process is just really um Oh, gosh, again, I get quite emotional about these things. I, I, it's just, it's one of those things that's really important to to do for your soul, I think. And if you're that way inclined, it's a great release and a great way of getting that out. And I don't know what else to say. It's just great. <laughs> Where do you sit when you are colouring? Usually in my lounge, on my lap with a little mat and the book open and a little table with my pencils sometimes with my daughter sat next to me. I've recently moved on to the kitchen table, which is good for the A1 poster because that's the only place I can get that flat and not ruin it. <laughs> But yeah, like either either on my sofa or at the kitchen table is where I usually colour. Before you'll get Jenny's best colouring tips, I just want to say welcome as patron for this podcast to Debbie. Thank you for supporting my work with this podcast and to make it able for me to afford to keep it. If you also like this podcast and want to support it as a patron or with a small one-time donation, you can read more on passionistacolorista.com and choose support me in the menu. Now back to Jenny Cook. I think following our how to color using blending and layers on our website, <laughs> using YouTube tutorials to see what they like, You know, like I say, it's quite a personal thing. I like really layering things up and having an intense colour and realistic as possible. But people colour for different reasons. If they want to do it for relaxation, then just do whatever comes out. Don't feel like they have to follow a realistic colour palette. It's just doing it for pleasure. But if people want to do it as more of an art form and improve their technique, then, like I say, YouTube tutorials and, and practice is really the thing. And also something that I always do is have because of the way I like to colour, is to have some reference, some visual reference. So 
for example, when I was doing the poster and there, there were lots of animals, before I started any animal, I looked it up and found a picture of it so that I can make sure that it's realistic because that's what appeals to me. So, yeah, reference is always key, I think. You said in the beginning that you always wanted to be creative and work with something creative. So what did you create as a kid? How, what did you do? Oh, gosh. I was always cutting out paper. Um, my daughter is exactly the same. It's really funny seeing her because she's six now and she's constantly got either pen on her face or a pair of scissors in her hand and coming up with these contraptions in paper and using split pins and she's just like me either that or play-doh and and copying things which I think is how you learn so I was always drawing characters and the kind of stuff that's in the coloring magazine now really and like I say copying I think is how you learn so that's what I spent most of my time doing cutting things out of paper drawing things coming up with little plans and and stuff like that when I was really young And then as I got a bit older, I would, like I said, I did um, pet portraits for a while in coloured pencil. I also had a little job painting. <laughs> I can't remember how this came about, but I don't know if you know lace bobbins. They're little wooden people that make lace. They have what are called lace bobbins at the end. So it's little turned wood and you can have them in all different types of wood and This guy who made them at a craft fair asked, I think he'd seen one of my pet portraits, and asked me if I could paint flowers on these lace bobbins that he turned. So he created these beautifully crafted wooden lace bobbins and then brought them all to me. And I can remember, I think I must have been about 14 or something. And he'd bring them all over to me and I'd paint them in tiny little detail, all these beautiful flowers, which he'd then take them back and varnish and sell. And what else have I done? Lots of little things like that. I had I it was before the days of Etsy and online stuff, but I'd always be trying to have little craft fairs and, and stuff like that with lots of different things that I'd made. Boxes. That was another thing. I used to love making cardboard boxes and illustrating all around the edges and anything crafty really. <laughs> I guess you don't have so much time for for craft. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> no, I love those days. And I just, um, I went to visit my parents recently because they're always saying to me, we've got all your stuff up in our attic and we want to clear the attic out. And I went up there and it, I just sat surrounded by loads of artwork from school. And it was, again, a real nostalgia trip. And thinking, gosh, I really long for the days when I had time to do all this stuff. <laughs> Because now it's work or family, and unfortunately that kind of thing takes a bit of a backseat. It will come another time. Yes, yeah, I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make more time for colouring at the moment, and um, yeah, I'm I'm certainly doing more than I used to. So thank you so much, Jenny, for joining my podcast. You're welcome. It was lovely to chat to you. <laughs> yeah, same. I had such a lovely time, and thank you everyone that have been listening, and goodbye. Bye-bye.